Judah and Matthew are dumpster people, and they occasionally use foul and inappropriate language. Listen at your own risk. Welcome to Brother Date. I'm Matthew. I'm Judah. It's a mailbag edition, but it's also a Billy Joel edition, so there's a lot happening today. Yeah, it's all about Joel. Uh, so you're he has lucky. a song called All About Soul, so that was, I kind of, you know, if I had done the intro, I would have called it All About Joel. <laughs> oh, I didn't even think of naming it anything cool. Oh, that's right. <laughs> um, uh, yeah, if you're listening to this, you got lucky. You, it's not a Star Trek or a Star Wars, but you got unlucky because it's a Billy Joel. So there's there's no, it's a basically it's a minefield now if you want to listen to this podcast. It's pretty tough and it's going to be tough for a bit because uh, it's a big bracket. So mm-hmm. you know what? Let's not borrow trouble. Let's fucking get into the mailbag. Yeah, let's do it. Mailbag by Brother Date. On the 28th, Ryan wrote at Brother Date. Maybe I thought they just did a French. More likely never thought about it. Mm, this must be about the Maquis. This is in reference to the naming of the Maquis. Yeah. Again, while not necessarily knowing what it meant when I was a kid, I definitely assumed it was a real thing that got that got appropriated for space future use. Yeah, it's like if there had been a Swedish group called the Tall Shiar mm-hmm. or something, and then later I found that out, I would have been, I definitely would be like, I thought they just made that up. Oh, uh, okay. Well, I always thought it was named after Tashiar, and it wasn't, so. It is odd that it wasn't. Yeah. Uh, and on the 29th, he writes, You know what? There are many things in life where one might start out thinking... Oh, by the way, I love when someone uses uh, the hypothetical one <laughs> in a tweet. Uh, where one might start out thinking, a child could solve this, and end up wondering how many PhDs you need to solve it. Uh, oh, I don't even remember what that was in regards to. I don't know either. That's the problem. So, That's uh, the problem with you, spacing You win, Ryan. Out. Let's make a drop for when Ryan wins, because we don't remember what this fucking tweet meant. <laughs> yeah. It's going to happen a lot more often now that we're only doing this once a month. <laughs> I'll put it on the list. Um, Yeah, there was an, uh, there was an XKCD about this, where in one panel, uh, someone asks uh, one of the computer programmer characters uh we need to we need to uh make this app to automatically detect whether a picture was taken in one of our national parks and the guy's like yeah that's no problem we'll just cross-reference the uh uh the geo data in the files and then it then the person says and whether it's got a bird in it and he said i'm gonna need a research team of five and four years <laughs> And it's just the, the difference between an easy problem and a hard problem is sometimes very subtle right. in, in computers. And it's true in everything. Um, I would like one. I would like an app. Now that you're talking about, since you brought up birds, because you thank you for bringing up birds, I want an app that way if I click the button, every bird of that type is eliminated from the planet. <laughs> Can you do that? Is that how, how many people would that take? 
So Cardinals would be gone right away. Yeah, they'd be gone. The I I would actually I'd probably do something like a break off the knob Moesha style. I'd be so excited to <laughs> erase Cardinals that I'd break my phone. Cardinals would then... be gone in beta testing. <laughs> God, there was a Cardinal outside my window today, just being a fucking dick all day. <laughs> just hey, it's summer all day long. Trying to get uh... laid. Uh, on the 29th, Ryan writes, I am so excited. And this is uh, not because he remembered that Ranking Roger died. No. It's because that was the when he sent us the uh, Billy Joel bracket we're going to do today. Yeah, that was the first time he sent it to us. The first time, yeah. We'll talk about that. Uh, on the Also on the 29th, he wrote, I have never liked when an android learns how to mind meld. I don't know what that was in reference to. I'm trying to think if maybe there was a TOS android who could do it or something. I don't think Data knows how to mind melt. Yeah. Or like Me either. Form. Maybe it was... Did somebody did somebody do a neck pinch? Did yeah. Data do a neck pinch or something? Uh, I think he did, yeah. yeah and we definitely saw Archer do one last week, but that must have been Archer, Archer did one. Nah, a couple, a couple, right? We're done with Kirshara now, right? Oh, thank God, yep. Yep. And he did that neck pinch in... Was that in part two? Yeah, I think he did it in the the forge or whatever. Mm. Whatever the second one was. Uh, On June 5th, he wrote, I had to narrow it down a surprising amount to get it to 64 songs, actually. I wanted to include a lot of his duets and classical stuff, but decided to keep it under control. So let's talk about this for a minute. Okay. We started this format when you gave me a Led Zeppelin bracket. Yeah. That had 32 songs on it. Yeah, 64 would have been a lot. Yeah, Led Zeppelin has about 90 songs. Mm-hmm. So you gave me roughly one-third of their entire catalog. Yes. I gave you a 64-song Mountain Goats bracket. They have a lot of songs, though. But they have, like, about almost 400 songs. Mm-hmm. So I gave you more like a sixth of their catalog. Okay. On Billy Joel's studio albums, there are about 120 songs. Yeah. I asked the internet. Someone had ranked them all. Okay, good. Uh, uh, and was Ryan worst has given either, us was worst either 64. the one in in 1986 or in 1989 uh, Stormfront or um the bridge uh it was not the album it was all 100 oh, all the songs, songs oh, were geez. ranked okay. yeah hold on I feel like I could do that right now it was a vulture article from 2015 and it named the last place song. The Mexican Connection, an instrumental off of Street Life Serenade. Okay, I don't even remember Street Life Serenade. He says it sounds like an instrumental. Uh, he says it sounds like the rights-free music people use in YouTube videos, and it fills up side two of the album and does nothing else. There was no Street Life Serenade on my side of the uh, bracket, so I have not yeah, heard well, anything. I, number uh, number 120 on this list of 121 songs is We Didn't Start the Fire, so... <laughs> It was obviously intended to be at least somewhat controversial. Yep. And what did this idiot rank number one? Mm, Scenes from an Italian restaurant, which was on your side of the bracket. Yes. One of the many songs about New York in general. Yeah. So 64 out of 121 is too many. I think so. It's too, too large a proportion of Billy Joel's catalog. Like... When we started this, the first two brackets were to see if we could convince the other person to get into an artist we liked. Mm-hmm. 
And if you've made me listen to half of that artist's songs, it's over whether or not I like them. Yeah. You know? Yep. No, I agree. And then he says he had trouble limiting it to 64. So, yo. What's up? (laughs) So I think, um, you know, if we take any other brackets from other people... Uh, in this put format, a limit on it. well, let's put a limit. I think first of all, thirty-two songs is a good limit. Yeah, unless they uh, and they have to have at least a hundred songs to even take thirty-two. Yeah, I'd agree with that. So it's this one we're gonna do because Ryan made it, um, and because we've all already listened to all of the songs. But... Well, we did it our own way, which was we just went by the conferences, yeah, and we I took the suggestion. To <laughs> we did. We took the suggestion. Judah conference means Judah listens to those. Yeah, well, listen, I'm going to listen to my 32 songs and yep. the best song from your side of the bracket. That's right. That's how it goes. Yeah. Uh, so it's too many, but apparently he wanted even more of uh, the wonderful music of Billy Joel to be <laughs> considered in this bracket. So did he, um, Ryan, this is for you. Did you choose Billy Joel because he's your all-time number one favorite artist? And is that why you're at, you would have trouble limiting it to 64? Because... Otherwise, this is, it's a lot. <laughs> it is. If you're not a be crazy a more Billy discerning. Joel super fan, it's a lot. Yeah. I think Billy Joel's probably his number one. Okay. Uh, on the 10th, Ryan writes, oh gosh, beginning Harry Mudd cameo in Discovery, played by Rain Wilson. Mm-hmm. The, the plot of Discovery is so baffling that <laughs> I don't even really remember what he did. In the show. I remember he was there for multiple episodes, and I don't remember any of it. Um, And I think I've mentioned before, that show is not suited for binge-watching, because so much happens in each episode, because it's just plot, 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 plot. There's no, there's not one quiet conversation in the entire show. Um, (laughs) So you had to take a minute when you watch one? Yeah, but like, if you watch like three in a row, you don't remember anything from the first two. You're just like, (laughs) oh, uh... Oh, yeah, I kind of remember when that happened, or I kind of remember seeing that character, but I don't know why. Yeah, I think by the time I get around to paying for CBS All Access, I'm not going to be able to get it done in a free trial window between Discovery and Picard and whatever else they're going to do. Yeah, the new Star Trek is uh, manic. It's like Smash Brothers. So you're going to have to... I'd space it out if I... I would watch it once a week. (laughs) If you (laughs) want to actually absorb it. I'll be paying them for a while is what's going to (laughs) happen. Yeah. It's just money. Yeah. Uh, and on the 12th, Ryan writes, at Brother Date, wishing for more slash better process documentation is a big thing in manufacturing as well. I must have complained about that because it's a it's a, a big, big hassle in my job. I complained about it because nobody but Seven knows how to open the portal. Oh, right. And I was mad about that. But then I was back. I was also backpedaling on it. Like, I guess they didn't think they'd ever have to do that again. They thought that yeah. period was finished. But it's weird that they literally have to go and ask her every time they need it done because no one wrote it down ever for any reason. Well, and, you and said also, yes, and software she, is like that too. Yeah, right. But she also doesn't have to write it down physically. Probably she can just dump it. Uh, probably into her alcove. I think that she's got a USB 2.0 on her ear. Oh, I mean, on her, on her eye thing. She got a plus. We got a fucking Thunderbolt port on <laughs> yeah. the. That's typical. Yeah, you just gotta. She's got to get real close to the computer because none of the cords are ever long enough it's really aggravating um on the 13th you wrote in matt to say my my wife says all the football men should be friends i've just been sort of tweeting her musings throughout the day because 
Sometimes she says some baffling shit just out of nowhere. Like, we won't even be having a conversation. But she... I don't. I still don't know what she was talking about. But she thought that all the football men should probably be friends. Yeah, uh, maybe was this around the time that Drew Brees was running his dumb mouth? Oh, could be. I don't know. Everything that's happened... I have, I have no sense of time. Yeah. Since March is like... You could put it in any order, basically. Uh, Matt, did you see this uh, regional map that Shannon sent in on the 13th? She writes, at brother date, some of the words used in the UK for bread roll by region, although use is very mixed. <laughs> also, of course, a biscuit is not bread you eat with sausage gravy. It's a crunchy cookie or cracker. We are aware. Um, I mean, there's for sure some fun stuff. Apparently... Uh, I don't know where the cities in England are, so I can't really say where it is, but mm. apparently in the, you know, sort of south middle part of the country here somewhere, they call a bread roll a batch. Okay. That's funny to me. Okay. Uh, a lot of places they call it a cob. Did Cheap do this because on one of the game nights we had a show? What did, what, what did she, she was talking about what they called uh, She called something a BAP. A BAP, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And people were confused by that, so maybe that's why she sent it in. <laughs> In a couple of locations, not geographically proximate to each other, it is called a buttery, apparently. <laughs> like when you just use the adjective or whatever. The yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> uh, so that's a fun little diagram. And in response to that, she says, uh, not bread related, but B, uh, this is her husband, of course, mm. calls soda juice. Whoa. And hang on. And groceries messages no he doesn't both very common in scotland <laughs> messages <laughs> now do you go to the regular supermarket to get messages or do you have to go to a messages store i think it's because i can't, I can't wait to hear i think it's because the post office there also sells groceries ah so then you go there sense. to pick up your messages in general which includes you know meat and produce and um you know tinned things they love tinned things in the uk right uh well they like the word tinned for something we would call canned um do they got you probably can't get a buttery in a tin that wouldn't make any sense but if you could do it 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 would be there a lot of sense but yeah that would be the place for it huh oh you uh you retweeted a tweet from a podcast called champagne sharks podcast okay what is this podcast? I have actually not heard it. I think somebody else retweeted it. Okay. Well, you retweeted it also, uh, including at Brother Date saying, I think we've got some candidates. And I presume you met all of the Star Treks. Each of them. <laughs> yeah, because it's asking. Wait, what is it asking? A show you've seen every uh, what episode of? What is the worst of? show you've seen every episode of? Yeah. And it says, think for me, it's Entourage. Yeah, it's, um, I mean, all of them, but TNG and DS9, maybe. Yeah. I mean, pretty soon you'll have seen all the Voyagers and all the uh, Enterprises. Yeah, Enterprise sooner than Voyager. Mm Mm-hmm. Still got five or six years of watching Voyager. Okay, what about non-Star Treks, though? What is a show that you've seen every episode of that is pretty objectively terrible? Oh, well, I bounced on Dexter before I saw all of it. Yeah, but it at least has, like, decent seasons, even though... It really does vary wildly. Like, there are some seasons that are unwatchable, and then yeah. there are some that are decent. 
I've seen all of the Spartacuses before the first Spartacus died. <laughs> I don't know how many that is. Uh, yeah. Well, they changed the name of the show, so it might technically be a different show after that. Uh, okay. Oh, because in real life he died. Yes. Oh, I've seen every episode of Stargate SG-1. Didn't you say that was not that bad? That was not that bad. Yeah. But that's the thing. I don't usually stick them out. I was going to say Battlestar, maybe. I've seen all the Battlestars, and there isn't a lot of good. Oh, you know what? I have seen every single episode of Battlestar, and I hated it from the beginning. (laughs) So that is a very good point. (laughs) Now, that was while I was playing Minecraft. Okay. Uh, So... Was I paying a lot of attention to some of those middle seasons? No. Well, the middle seasons weren't great. I think season one and season two are both, they're the better seasons. Season three is the big rock parable or whatever. And season (laughs) four is uh, a magic journey to Earth and Earth 2. So (laughs) it's not great. Uh, What about Uh, like Wings or something? I've seen every every episode of Wings for sure. Did you not really mind Wings? Uh, I mean, Wings is a pure sitcom, a very pure and uh, honest sitcom. Okay. So, you know, it's no it's no worse than other sitcoms that I've seen most of. Okay. All right. Uh, I mean, except that it is worse than both Cheers and Frasier, both set in the same universe. That's so wild. Yeah. Okay. That's good input. I don't know, man. I probably saw every episode of Full House. Do you think there were any episodes of Full House you didn't see? Ah, oh, there had to have been. That thing ran for a million years. And yeah, but it's we not were like... never not home on Friday night. Yeah, but I definitely, I know, but I definitely never watched them in syndication. Because our why? family didn't go on vacations or anything. We never missed one. I, I don't know. I would find it hard to believe we've seen all of them. Mm. That's a, that's a tall task to not miss one for ten years and and never go back to watch them again and like complete the collection or whatever yeah i mean look it's probably gonna end up that it was enterprise <laughs> that's right enterprise is real i don't know voyager's got a chance voyager's yeah. very offensive yeah uh brian's about to get another point because on the 19th he wrote at brother date hell make them captains even um them yeah i don't know yeah i don't know who they are that could be basically anything make them captains even man i have no idea on the 23rd you wrote my wife just said to me to be honest i'm pretty happy with myself totally unprompted (laughs) again sometimes so we've worked this has been the big change for me since march is that we work six feet from each other yeah, and so sometimes she'll just start a conversation out of the blue, but she'll she'll be like ninety percent of the way through the conversation. <laughs> it's almost over, so I'll just get the end, which is in this case, to be honest, I'm pretty happy with myself. <laughs> you just go, oh, all right, <laughs> okay. And you know, normally what I do now is I go, okay, and I start to type, and she knows I'm tweeting. <laughs> and she goes, hey. Uh, I usually grab my phone and hold one finger up if I have to tweet something that Katie just said. <laughs> Yeah. Uh, that's been a while since I did that, though. Um, by the way, that tweet got some likes. People, I did get a couple of likes, <laughs> didn't it? People thought that was good. Uh, on the 24th, you retweeted a tweet that says, What's a tweet you think about randomly and laugh every time? And your answer, 
was a tweet from Jose Canseco on June 21st, 2017, that reads, Mermen do not exist because mermaids are a hermaphroditic species. <laughs> By the way, one of his many tweets about mermaids. <laughs> He's obsessed with mermaids and sometimes out of the blue, he'll just start tweeting about mermaids. And that is one that I always remember because he f it feels like he has really taken a scientific approach to the study of mer mer people mermaids yeah well you don't need to say mer people That's because right. there, there are no mermen there are no mermen that's a myth apparently i don't know who he was correcting but he was mad about it they're hermaphroditic they don't <laughs> it's not parthenogenesis or no they don't bud <laughs> no apparently not yeah he's, he's got it figured out though but they he, do still you... they do still reproduce sexually but they're just hermaphroditic yeah, I, I'm pretty sure if you just like search Jose Canseco and mermaids, you'll find you'll right, find some on. tweets. I gotta let me load up Bing. Oh yeah, Bing's probably the best way to go for that. Jose Canseco mermaids. Uh, da, 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 da. Whoop. I'm just getting a bunch of stuff about Jose Canseco accusing Arod of cheating on Jennifer Lopez. Um, I just found one from 2013, just doing a simple search. Uh, watching mermaids body found. I have seen them 20 years ago doing some fishing on my boat. Leave them alone. They're very shy. <laughs> By the way. He's worried about the mermaids. Tweeted manic. Like the punctuation and spelling is insane on this whole tweet. He's probably doing the thing. His eyes probably twitching the whole time. But anyway, yeah, leave them alone. They're very shy. Um, let's see if there's another one on here. <laughs> oh, I'm pretty sure there's more in that series. I don't know. I'll do some research. But he loves mer he loves mermaids. Uh, you also retweeted a tweet that said Arlington Texas tax uh, Arlington Texas taxpayers got played so hard with a the architect's drawing of their stadium and then a picture of their stadium from the parking lot. Yeah, it's not great for a podcast, but the artist's rendering shows this great, like, glass structure where all this artificial, or all this natural light's going to flow in and it's going to be this beautiful, futuristic stadium or whatever. And then what they really built <laughs> looks like the nastiest big, like a big old shed. It does it's look like, like a great big tough shed. Yeah, with like metal siding and everything. And it, I have no idea what they were doing. Like the T on it is for Tough Shed. <laughs> Why would the rendering be that different? Why would nah, they I mean, sell that to people and then show up and go, all right, we're just building a shed, right? If you look at the original tweet, like the second thing down says that, you know, taking a low angle picture from a parking lot half a mile away is pretty deceptive. And then it shows a picture that shows something closer to the rendering, certainly. Mm. Um, that picture was going around the one where it looks like a shed and everyone was just showing all the things they thought it looked like. A lot of people were posting pictures of their barbecue out in the back. Um, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, it's really, what a piece of shit that thing looks like. And again, they built their other stadium in the 90s. They just dumped it because yeah. there was nothing wrong with it. They just went, yeah, we don't like it no more. We're going to build a new one. And that's what they built. It It does... Uh, it does feel to me like, you know, I mean, prior to this year when there's no sports and I imagine people will just be so happy to get back to their old crappy stadiums that this will slow down for a little bit. But uh, 
it does seem like there's an escalating cycle of stadium replacement. Oh, it's crazy. The Braves built theirs even later. Theirs was in 95 they built their last one. And then they have they moved into their new one last year. Yeah. What the fuck? The A's stadium was built in the 60s. Yep. And No, like, it does suck, for it, sure. It sucks hard, and they can't get another one no matter how hard they try. They just can't get it done. But these yeah. other teams are like, oh, well... This one's from '95. That's you know, it's pretty dated. We should, should build ourselves a tough shed. And uh, one more from the mailbag on the 25th. Uh, Ryan writes at Brother Date. Maybe it doesn't make sense, but at my last three companies, the night shift employees would often dim the lighting. Yeah, what's the deal with that? It just it doesn't seem right to me. Like I, it would make sense if people were doing shift work in kind of an irregular fashion, and they're only going to do a couple of nights. Okay. On the night shift, and then they're going to have to be back with the rest of the world real soon. But like, what, if isn't it just going to make you crazy drowsy for weeks and weeks at a time? I would think you'd you'd want to have the lights up where you were working. Yeah, I don't understand that. I f- I feel like you'd want the lights to be extra up if that was possible. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> if I was going to do the night shift, and then you turn the lights all low the whole night, I'd be like, I'm fucking sleepy. <laughs> Why am yeah. I here right now? It is um, in uh, in startup culture. You know, it's changing a little bit. I've been doing startups for like a, a twelve years now, and really, when I when I started working in startups, like half of the software developers were sort of self taught or hobbyists, and now it's essentially all computer science graduates. Right, and so there's the culture has changed quite a bit, but. It, there, there is often a fight between uh, developers who want the uh, lights down low or off, if possible, so they can code in the dark, which is what they like. I don't understand that. And all of the other employees who want to work in the light like humans and not bats. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. yeah. Is something about being a coder, like, and they must self-select. Nobody with eye strain must be a coder, right? Because it'd be <laughs> impossible. Your job well, would kill is- you. It is weird because when I think about the guys who want the lights off, they all do look like they have eye strain. <laughs> Got like big fucking Coke bottle glasses. Yeah, shit. basically. Yeah, because like they I have get, the uh, the gossamer goatees. I I get eye strain and it triggers migraines and like I need more light in the room. If I'm just staring at a screen in the dark, I'm gonna get a migraine in like an hour. But I, again, I, I guess it probably self-selects for people who are able to look at screens for a long period of time and characters on screens it used to it's a lot more of a just a profession now than it you know you know the, the the old ponytail hobbyist guys are mostly out of the game so good <sighs> that's the mailbag oh that wasn't long at all no no not really i mean we uh, do this we once do, a month well once we, a month we, we do this where's all the mail <laughs> it's good it's a good question it was mostly from ryan and you jesus shannon did send a an image of bread names. Are people that was good. like on summer vacation? Because ain't nobody going anywhere. Uh, do you think Ben still listens to this? I show? don't know. <laughs> I mean, I know he, he sends us still notes. sends notes or partial notes, but like, it's odd. He, he doesn't necessarily have to listen to do that. It's disappointing. Yeah. Uh, so no audio segment, but we did get mail from our Scottish correspondent. Oh, good. Who wrote? Just in case I forget to do an audio or I forget to mention this, 
the Gladiator show over here provided me with one of my earliest memories of real TV rage. Oh, no. It was a celebrity version of the show, and the men's final came down to John Fashionu, a retired football player, and the host of the show. Okay. Against Tony Adams and Olympic medal winning judoka. They basically rigged the whole episode to give Fashionu the win, and Adams still went into the final assault course level ahead. But they rigged it even more to ensure Fashionu won. It was the first time I saw TV lie to me, and I was aware of it. Still wow. mad to this day. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's so. like if Larry Zonka was doing it, but he was old as shit. Yeah, so imagine how much they would have had to rig it. They would have had to rig it a lot. That guy was only sort of upright when he was doing American Gladiators. <laughs> well, how upright do you need to be to uh, list off the events in the Eliminator? <laughs> I'm just trying to imagine him like doing the cycling his way across the gap just using his arms what's that thing called oh yeah oh that thing was tough i don't remember what that was called but he wouldn't uh, be able to do that they'd have to replace it with the one where you run across the the turning log thing yes i don't think there was ever a time in my life when i could have done that overhand (laughs) bicycle i was gonna say maybe when i was like eight i could have done it (laughs) that's that is for children adults shouldn't still be able to do that yeah you need a certain like muscle mass to body weight ratio that only children really have. Yeah, children and, you know, the the lesser primates. Yes, that's right. <sighs> well, there's just no putting it off now. Well, nah, I'm a little encouraged, because I was afraid we weren't going to get to it till like, 57 minutes. Yeah. And then I was going to be like, oh, fuck, we still have to do the whole thing. Yeah, so, you know what? You made an intro, let's play the intro. Okay. We didn't start the fire. Ryan did. It's the Billy Joel Bracket. Woo! All right. (laughs) Yeah. Hey, we're doing it. Who's excited? So we've got 64 Billy Joel songs, 32 matches. Uh, round one's too big. We're going to break it up. We're going to do uh, just just eight matches each. Yeah, the top half of each of our conferences. Again, Ryan yeah. helpfully labeled them Judah Conference, Matthew Conference. Yep. Um, so, yeah, we'll do eight contests each today, and then I guess a month from now, we'll do the other ones in round one. What would you say your relationship to Billy Joel was before we started this? Uh, not understanding why he was beloved, mostly, because uh, the songs I knew were things like Piano Man, Uptown Girl, as I mentioned not that long ago, Big Shot, uh-huh. uh, which was the song that almost killed my friend. <laughs> um, and I understand that I'm also to blame, but I, I, if Big, if Big Shot wasn't playing, he would have been fine. Um, and you know. And yeah, and wondering what the fuck all the fuss was about because those are not good songs. Any, I think any weightlifter will tell you that you should never put so much weight on the bar that your spotter can't lift it, can't help, can't help you get it back up with two fingers. <laughs> yep. Um, <clears throat> but it doesn't help if your spotter is if, spaced. If out. they have both hands available, but Billy Joel is playing <laughs> yeah. suddenly and unexpectedly. 
I turned around and it was just pinned straight to his neck. And his face was bright red and he was laughing too. We both <laughs> thought Big Shot was so dumb we were both laughing hysterically, but I was derelict. <clears throat> uh, yeah, I would say that my... So, uh, I, I have heard Ryan's versions of some of these songs at karaoke. Oh, okay. And... In some ways, if Ryan's goal was to change our opinion on Billy Joel, mm. it's a little bit of a doomed endeavor because, as with the Led Zeppelin bracket, sure, I, I've been exposed to many, many of these songs just by existing in the world for the last 39 years. Okay. Like, I, I would not say that I'd heard every song on this bracket, but I had heard kind of a lot of them. Okay. Um, so, yeah, uh, I, it was going to be an uphill battle for me. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you got to go into it with an open mind and an open heart and an empty stomach. <laughs> that helps. And maybe a cushion under your chair, under your butt. Uh, yeah. So your butt doesn't hurt. Well, cause especially because. a long time. This was a long, yeah, this, this took hours. Yeah. This took so many hours. Well, okay. So I'll tell you about my methodology. I, um, I'm always looking for new music. So yes. I don't mind doing new projects if I haven't delved in before. Like if I, I again have never tried out Billy Joel because the songs I heard made me angry. Um, so I actually listen to all of the songs on each of the albums that appear in my side of the bracket just to see if there was anything good in there. And I did find some good ones. Um, most, I mean, many of them were not on the bracket at all, which made me furious. That I had to do 32 <laughs> songs on my side, and there were a bunch that I wish were on the bracket, but were not. Um, I don't care about lyrics. It, my theory is always, or I guess my point of view is, no one is a good lyricist. There's just varying degrees of bad lyrics out there. I see. Like, the best I'm going to do is not be angry, but, like, okay. most of the time I'm going to be pretty annoyed if I'm paying attention. So, there are definitely some songs in here that for sure have some butt lyrics. <laughs> but I didn't penalize them extra for that or anything. If you don't care about lyrics, does that mean that you also aren't really listening for the meaning of a song or the attitude in a song? I am not listening to the meaning of the song as um, as in, as described by the singer. I'm listening to the singer's voice. I, that's an instrument that I care about, whether or not the voice sounds right. good. But in terms of what the message is of the song, I try, I try not to give a crap. Right. Um, I do care. I, I was listening to all the albums partially because I wanted to see how they fit in musically with the other songs on the record. Um, just to be like, just to understand what the feel he was going for was. And that actually turns out to matter for Billy Joel. Because he'll do... <laughs> because an entire doo-wop album or whatever and it's yeah. fucking aggravating but like after you listen to the whole album you go oh he was do he was going for a doo-wop thing i right, don't know why yeah. he would do that but that's what he was doing um we'll talk about it when i get to his classical piece but yeah. um and like each record was very different and so that i mean that sort of matters a little bit like at least it gives me some context but it's musical context i only really care about the composition and the yeah. the arrangement and stuff like that yeah, I think uh, I think that's one of the big differences between the way you listen to music and the way I listen to music, mm -hmm. which is that I I also listen to the music and I you know I I have a lot of thoughts and opinions about music, but 
I do listen to the lyrics in yeah. a song. And I have noticed some things <laughs> yeah. in the course of this that we will be discussing. That's And that's totally fair. And so that, that's why I was bringing it up is because I think we usually yeah. have a different... Um, different methodology in listening to these songs. Um, And I will say that after doing this, my general take on Billy Joel now uh, would be, I don't know what Billy Joel's sound is. To me, (laughs) that's a very good point. Every time I hear a Billy Joel song now, whenever I listen to everything on this bracket, I picked off another artist, it sounds like. And I'm not going to go through it and try to figure out who was doing what first and who's biting who and what's going on there it's just that every single time i would hear i'd hear elton john i'd hear uh, fucking Mellencamp, i'd hear um bon jovi i'd hear mccartney a lot and so it's to me my t- you know, my take on billy joel is that he doesn't really have a distinct sound it's more like um he's playing around in everybody's backyard as he goes along. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. We should jump into the matches because this is going to be a long one. Sure. Um, But one note about the bracket is that the initial version of the bracket had a couple of mistakes in it. Okay. So I think the first song you're going to talk about is probably Matter of Trust. (laughs) Yep. Um, That initially appeared uh, also in match... uh, Eight for me, maybe. Okay. Uh, no, match five. Um, and you also had uh, River of Dreams on your side twice, so we had Ryan correct those. Mm-hmm. Um, so this is, you know, he did end up getting, a, I think, a live song on your side and a, one of the classical pieces that in the, uh, in the tweets we just read, he talked about having weeded out got one of those in on my side so yeah and um, it's kind of a revised bracket on a matter of trust didn't you have that winning your matchup yeah i did it initially won uh the matchup on my side and i think it had lost the matchup on yours but i didn't want if i had told ryan that he would have just picked the one where it won probably yeah it could be i imagine um because otherwise you're just removing it from the bracket well, he liked it so, so much, he I, added I, it twice. I did so not maybe. tell him where it was in the bracket, so by chance he removed the the win and kept the loss. Okay. Whatever. Um, But let's get started. Tell me about match one. All right, so match one is a matter of trust. Um, well, this is what I was talking about when I mentioned Mellencamp. To me, this one... By the way, we realized it was on both sides because you started to describe the video to me as one of the (laughs) ones that you would listen to. (laughs) Yeah, because I watched these mostly on YouTube. I watched the official videos when they were available. Uh Uh, I could not believe the video for this one. And as you started to describe it, I started to think to myself, what, did he do like a whole series of videos with the (laughs) same setup? Where he's in this this basement and they got they open up all the windows to the street and everyone starts to crowd around and listen to him play this real fucking good timey fucking eighties <laughs> middle of America rock jam or whatever, <laughs> and then then it occurred to me oh no this is the same fucking one we're talking about the same song we've both seen this recently, um so it's that song like I said it's like it's every every fucking melon camp song you've ever heard or like a Huey Lewis or something you know just something that's we're just going to rock and have a good time and it's the 80s um 
and that went up against pressure and the clip i picked for the billy joel intro is from pressure so it's got that oh, okay. wild synth um and it actually i mean it's sort of interesting to listen to he um he growls a lot of it i i accidentally read the backstory in it when i was looking up the album and uh, <laughs> i guess the lady who was a secretary or something he was he had writer's block and he was like, I don't know what to do. And then she said, you should write a song about that. And because <laughs> I guess he's sort of a hack, he went, right, nailed it. That's my <laughs> next song. So that's what the song's about. But um, uh, just the fact that it was a little bit weirder, I think, gave it the nod in this first matchup. Because it didn't sound like every, every fucking throw the ball around and grill <laughs> rock song of the 80s that I've heard so many times. <laughs> Yeah. So it was pressure right, for so me. You're advancing pressure. Yeah. Cool. Uh, my first matchup was Big Shot, the aforementioned <laughs> murder song. I mean, I think literally he was like, yeah, had to get the last word last night. And then I turned to look because I was like, someone else has got to be hearing this song. And my friend yeah. was dying. Yeah. 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 Versus an innocent man. Okay. Um. Big Shot is not a good song, <laughs> but Billy Joel thinks it's an amazing song. Yeah. Like, uh, he's got real, we're doing a thing energy the whole time. Uh, also don't watch the music video. He prances around like an even uglier Mick Jagger and it's very, it's very hard to watch. It's extremely hard to watch when he steps away from the piano and starts strutting. It really is all about confidence for Billy Joel. Yeah. An innocent man has um, a lot of drifters energy in the verses. Okay. By which I mean there's a a weird, why is there kind of Spanish guitar? What's going on? Mm-hmm. Was Billy Joel trying to pretend to be uh, from the Caribbean so that he could... <laughs> stay in hotels um and of course we should say the innocent man was the record where he was like i'm gonna uh, it's gonna be a revival of uh doo-wop and old r&b and fucking teen idol music of the early 60s and so does this fit in with that whole I, i mean it sure does um but ultimately it does not have drifter's charm okay and then the piano kind of gets going and and gets rid of that even like it covers it up right uh ultimately in this match i gave the uh i gave the win to big shot and that's based entirely on the um frivolous little sax breaks throughout it so uh just here's an example for you there are a lot of sax That was enough to push it over the top for me. The winner is Big Shot. Yeah, there's a lot of saxophone breaks uh, in this bracket. I heard numerous songs I generally songs like don't mind the saxophone, frankly. It um, can pop up more. I like I like it a lot in, like, Supreme songs. You know, yeah. that real farty saxophone they use. Uh, yeah, well, 
of course I do. Now one of those is going through my head. <laughs> That's right. Is it um? Where it's did I hear symphony go? and you oh. know it. Oh. All right. Well, they both got good saxophone breaks. Um, and where did our love go? Does have a a good sax break too? That is true. Match two. Yeah. You want me to go? I I don't care. Do you want to anchor it? Uh, we'll just all we can just alternate. Okay. That way it'll be we won't ever have to remember who went or whatever. Um. Okay. So only the good die young. Versus Miami 2017 in parentheses seeing the lights go out on Broadway. Um, so I picked Miami 2017, which I guess is a song about the post-apocalypse where everybody moved away from New York and, and went to Florida and no one lives in New York anymore. And he's like telling the story of New York. Um, both of the tracks are pretty cheesy, but there is uh, some real self-importance about how great New York is and how he lived there. Um, <laughs> that actually helped lift it out of what's otherwise kind of, it's like an average arrangement. Um, I do have a clip from it. Ooh, let's see what it sounds like. So yeah, the the self-important bits, the parts that sound like they're he's really trying to show you how cool and important it is to be in New York are actually the best parts of the song. And um, only the good Day Young didn't really do it for me in any way, so I picked Miami 2017 to move on. If for some reason you were perpetually frustrated by the self-importance in the music of Billy Joel, you might find this bracket to be torture. <laughs> yes, that's true. There's... Um, there's some of it. Yeah. And in that one, by the way, there's some obvious Elton John. Like, you hear that track yeah. and you go, oh, well, Elton John. And there is a big saxophone break in it. It's probably two or three, actually. It's a long one. <laughs> hey, did you get a lot of long ones? <laughs> some of them were quite long. Dude, I got a lot of long yeah. ones on my side. <laughs> I mean, I got, you know, like a nine-minute piano movement. <laughs> a Captain Jack is seven minutes long. Yes, and is. so on and so on. So, yeah, uh, yeah for sure. Okay. In uh, in match two on my so you gave it to Miami 2017. Yeah. Okay. In match two on my side, I have tomorrow is today. Okay. Versus all for Lena. Okay. Um, tomorrow is today, is a pretty ordinary little solo piano number. Uh huh. He plays the piano in it. <laughs> yep, I heard that. <laughs> <laughs> but what the fuck is he doing with his voice? He. Most of the song, he's singing in his head voice, uh-huh. and he's really laying on the vibrato. Okay. But there's a part in the middle that is a minstrel show. <laughs> Uh-oh. <laughs> where he fucking drops down to the bottom end of his range and starts... Mm. Mm. 
<laughs> well, let's say he might be affecting black English. That's okay. all I'm going to say about it. Okay. Okay. It's mild. It's not. He didn't. Never says mammy. Not once. That's good of him. But they knew by the then. Joel? They knew by then you couldn't do that. But the rest of it was um, fine. All for Lena. Mm. Uh, has an interesting chord progression. It is one of those songs where everyone thinks they're fucking rocking out. Yes. Except it's mixed and mastered to be positively gentle. Yeah. There's a lot of songs on here I describe as rocking for Billy Joel. Yeah. I I think it is impossible to overstate how much a good record producer and sound engineer do for an album. Mm Mm-hmm. Listen to all Rolling Stones records, just as an example of this. Yeah. Um, and it it hurts him in his rock songs because they all are... They're like all scooped mid, way too much treble. The instruments are down way too low. Mm-hmm. It's very even vocal forward the, and sometimes yes, piano forward. Exactly. Even if there's... Even if some of the instruments are distorted... There's never anything dirty or grungy or mean or real about it. Mm-hmm. So his rock songs really suffer from that. And um, All for Lena suffers from that. But it's definitely the winner of this matchup. Yeah, I um, I actually kind of like All for Lena. Um, I 100% agree with what you're saying about how it is mixed. It all, all of his songs. I don't think I don't I think you're right. I don't think there's any one of his songs where you go, ah, oh, that's someone a rock and roll producer worked on this. Yeah. Well, his first album, Cold Spring Harbor, was famously terribly mixed and mastered. It was mastered at the wrong speed. It was literally a technical disaster. <laughs> Whoops. So uh but it does not seem like he ever he never hooked up with the guy who produced that song for Modern Dog. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> that, guy is, that guy is definitely a genius. I don't know anything else about him, but I know that record sounds great. Uh, he did a bunch of Bell and Sebastian records and some other stuff with Scottish and English acts. Wait, really? Like, yeah. Wow, that record sounds great. That's a good sounding record. He never hooked up with uh, Rick Ocasek. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Like, <laughs> yeah, they don't sound <laughs> like Weezer, do they? No. No, The and... Uh, since he, he does seem to, I mean, as you've said before, every Billy Joel record sounds different. Mm-hmm. Um, never quite gets it right on the rock numbers, as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I agree with that. He just, which, whatever Berkeley asshole produced uh, Love is Dead and Revenge is Sweet and So Are You for Mr. T Experience. The, just like that guy. Yeah, yeah. Once they get out of their early era where it sounds like nasty punk and you go, yeah. oh, this is this sounds pleasing. Yeah. Except, we, you know, Billy Joel is a much better singer than uh, Dr. Frank. <laughs> there you go. That's Just like, the first compliment from Judah for Billy Joel. Oh, I, I think uh, he, has a, he has a good range. He hits all his notes, does not auto-tune. Like, I think he's a good singer who makes bad choices yeah. quite a bit. Well. And clearly a very talented piano player. And, some, and a lot of the chord progressions are interesting. I agree. I think he's a bad songwriter. I'm sorry. That's what it is. Yeah. Um, talk, talk about match three. Yeah. Um, all right. So it was Stiletto off of 52nd Street versus um, You May Be Right. You May Be Right is one that I have heard a million times. 
But as I put here in my notes. Is that the one where I just might be the lunatic you're looking for? Yes. Every single time I've heard it in the car, Marge and I have been like, who is this? Who's? And again, part of this is because he has no sound of his own. Who, who is this? Can you soundhound this? And we soundhound it, and we go, Billy Joel, really, huh? Okay. Because if someone was like, oh, that's Three Dog Night, you'd be like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. And then, like, I can never remember what those guys do. Is that Three Dog Night? And I literally forget it every time. We've soundhounded this song over and over and over again. Um, well, that's a positive sign, at least. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. Is like I always want to check on it. I always want to figure out what it is, even if I never remember. It's another one of these good time 80s rock tracks. Um, again, a Cougar or a Springsteen or a Huey Lewis of the era um, would sound a lot like this, but the progressions do enough for the win here. Stiletto sounds like, you remember, you're the best around. Parts <laughs> yeah, of, of course it, I remember that. <laughs> parts of it sound like that or anything from like Rocky Four. Parts of it sound like James Bond. And those are the best parts of the song. Because there there's a lot of the song that is not even that good. Um... So it's You May Be Right is going to move on. Um, I think this is a pretty famous song. I probably don't need to play a clip, but I'll play something that I, I kind of liked from it. Yeah. It's like essentially the the that real. I don't know how to describe the guitar on that. Um, yeah, uh, you do know how to describe it. You just haven't thought of it yet. Um, who did center field? <laughs> exactly. Yes, it's center field. That song is center it's, field. It's the song center field. <laughs> hey, who did do that song? That John Fogerty, maybe. Yeah, or, that could uh, be. Put him. Yeah, fucking yeah, John Fogerty. Throw yeah. that in. So whoever played guitar on that album. Yeah, and then also that part after the chorus is something that I think Fastball would adapt later on. Yeah, Fastball uh, picked that up, but that's um, that's the Monkees uh-huh. or n- not the Beatles because the Beatles were too creative to do that. <laughs> yeah. But like uh, Dave Clark Five or something sure. would have done yes, that. Uh, uh, maybe maybe it goes who, all the way back to Needles and Pins by the Searchers or something. Somebody who considered themselves uh, in the same genre right. as the Beatles. Because they had to, I guess, themselves never listen to the Beatles. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I, you may be right it's going to win, even though it's it's in a sea of 80s songs just like that. You wouldn't be able to pick it out. Uh, on my side, I've got The Night is Still Young versus Captain Jack. Okay. Uh, the Night is Still Young sounds a lot like a song from the TurboGrafx-16 game King of Casino. Oh, boy, there's some of that on my side, too. <laughs> so that's fun. Uh-huh. So I enjoyed that. Captain Jack is over seven minutes long. Mm. No one has ever pointed that out when they liked a song. <laughs> this is not the exception. Uh, this one gets it all wrong. There's um, churchy organ, country twang, big drum fills. But it's just kind of a long harangue against some suburban teenage loser. Oh, uh, okay. And um, all teenagers suck, Billy. 
You don't have to call him out. He spends a lot of time attacking the suburbs. Uh, he spends a lot of time worried about uh, how other people live their life. Yeah. A lot of his songs are about how other people live their lives. You're not wrong. Sorry, uh, you may I be gave right. I gave it to... Uh, Captain Jack is the song that made him, by the way. Okay. Uh, his His first album was a flop, and then... He played this song at a concert on a radio live, and the live version... It, this is his Nervous in the Alley, is what I'm saying. Oh, yes, and that's a really good way to put it, too. Um, so, it's the song that made him, but it is dying here in round one, because I'm advancing The Night is Still Young. Yeah, I did not pick that one off of that record. That is not one of my winners. It is... Um, it's extremely pompous. Mm-hmm. Does that Does that track for you? Tracks for me. I just feel bad for Ryan. Sorry, Ryan. It's, it tracks for me. Um, in my fourth matchup, I had "Light as a Breeze" from his greatest hits, Volume Three, and I had "The Ballad of Billy the Kid." All right, from Piano Man. "Light as a Breeze" is some kind of a uh, real slow lounge song that lasts six minutes. <laughs> so again, a long one. Uh, what I had in the notes was this next track is going to have to eat shit in order to lose this round. (laughs) Billy the Kid really does eat shit. (laughs) It's nearly as slow as Light as a Breeze and is some fake Western music until it turns into Elton John because it eventually has to turn into something you'd recognize. That feels like something that uh, BJ Buddies, I've coined (laughs) Billy Joel fans as BJ Buddies. That's something BJ buddies will probably take offense to, that it sounds like Elton John, because I feel like those guys definitely lived in the same space for a lot of the 70s, and so there's probably a rivalry there. Um, anyway, it wasn't good at all, but Light as a Breeze is so bad that I have to advance this fucking Billy the Kid song. Dude, some of this music in this song sounds like the beef It's What's For Dinner ad. It's like so oh. trying to be Western. Uh... Was that the New World Symphony? What's that from? Yeah. Um, while you look that up, I'm going to play you a clip of this because it is a nonsense track. You can see a cattle driver. <laughs> so, you know, um, evocative. Yeah, uh, the it's, um, it's from Aaron Copeland's ballet Rodeo. Okay. It's the section called Hoedown. Well. <clears throat> yeah, you're right. You're not wrong, though. Also, there's a little bit of peanuts in there. And uh, <laughs> that's not the only time there's a little bit of peanuts hanging around. In some of this music. Yeah, there's a lot of a lot in Billy Joel's catalog. There's just a lot of different artists in there. Yeah, so Billy the Kid advances despite the fact that I found it laughable. Cool. Yeah, my match four is all about soul Mm. versus and so it goes. Okay. All about soul is another very ordinary light rock song about a relationship that is... All full of string sections and backing singers. And if you watch the video, there's 400 people on stage. Mm. But somehow it still sounds hollow. Right. 
It's um, uh, I described it as like a temporary tattoo, but let's hear a little bit of it. Uh, what time in the song would you say that was from, <laughs> given the last part you just heard there? I'm so afraid that it's another super, I don't know, five, five and a half? Uh, it feels like the outro, right? No, that was from 90 seconds in. Oh, wow, okay. 90 seconds in, he's going, na, 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 na. <laughs> yeah, it's not the coda. He just doesn't know what to write. Right, yeah. yeah. Um, oh, my God, that uh, whole album, though, River of Dreams, not a good album. <laughs> really a bad record. <laughs> I don't know. Since I'm saying the last three that appear in my bracket are the bridge, Stormfront, and River of Dreams, and I don't know which is the worst of the three, but they're all very bad. Yeah, um, the melody of "And So It Goes" makes it sound like it should be an Irish folk song about lovers killed in some far-off war and what was it all about? But it's just a breakup song, <laughs> and actually, the winner is all about soul. Okay, all right. Yeah. Yeah, Stormfront is uh, such a bad record. It's so unfortunate that you had to have one from each of those records in that contest. <laughs> um. All right, my fifth one here. We got No Man's Land from <clears throat> River of Dreams uh-huh. versus Shameless from <clears throat> Stormfront. So I had the same problem. Okay, so I wrote here, uh, River of Dreams is a 1993 release, and it's not a surprise that BJ is going for a harder sound at this point. Um, I mean, except that the thing that I just played sounded like uh, church music. <laughs> well, he's kind of all over the place on the record. but this Well, it's one, a rockin' church. It's a cool church. This one, he's trying to sound a little bit harder. The album cover has a drawing of him looking like George Michael or something, which is really yeah. weird. And this song most reminds me of actually something Billy Idol would have done. So it's not a timely sound. Um, Anyway, it sounds super contrived. But Shameless sounded by... Because this Shameless is in 1989. It's I don't know. It sounds like Extreme or Mr. Big. Any of the <laughs> bands of the late 80s that specialized in ballads. Um... <laughs> And I was the time life bands. <laughs> yeah, I was really, really out on that one. So somehow River of Dreams gets a win from that shit record. And I have to pick No Man's Land. Um, well, that's two wins for River of Dreams so far, my friend. Yeah, I, it's he keeps putting up against Stormfront, which is how they're gonna how they're gonna get him. Um, I even got a clip to show you what oh, I mean about it. this Billy Idol ass shit. Oh, let's have it. Come rolling through the quiet pines. I mean, come on. Suits of bankers with their baldos and their valentines. Give us this day our daily discount. I mean, he's trying to sound like his voice is trying to sound like Billy Idol. Yeah, yeah. And by the yeah. way, he's criticizing people in the suburbs again. 
I, 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 I. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, that's well, the winner. Well, he would. That's the fucking winner of this one. Uh, in match five, I have uh, Roberta versus uh, Opus Eight, Sweet for Piano, Starcrossed, Movement One, in Amarado. Mm-hmm. Uh, Roberta is a song about a man who has fallen in love with a prostitute okay. and is sad and upset that he has to keep paying her. Um, the song ends before he pulls a knife and starts calling her vicious names, but that's the arc of this guy's on for sure. Okay, great. Uh, regarding the other piece, Billy Joel genuinely believes that his lane is all lanes. Mm-hmm. As you mentioned, he gets all messed up in doo-wop. Ugh. He drags poor Ray Charles under the bus with him later in this bracket. Mm-hmm. He flirts with Springsteen and Bob Dylan. Mostly ends up sounding like Mellencamp, but like a Mellencamp who's saving it for marriage. <laughs> and uh, in this one, he helps himself to some classical music. Yeah. Except it's not uh, what classical music sounded like in 2003 or whenever this was written. Yeah. It's 19th century romantic music. Okay. It, the concert goers who rioted at Rites of Spring in 1913. Mm-hmm would have been just as bored with it as I am. <laughs> uh, it's still advancing, and here's a little bit of it. Okay. Was I wrong about any of that? No, I, well, so you were definitely right that it was in that style, but it was like written by somebody who didn't have a strong opinion about it. <laughs> He's like, oh, no, I'll do one of these, but then like, I don't really like how that went, so I'm gonna go down here now. But this progression didn't work for me either, so I don't know. I'm not so, gonna go back to either of them. Yeah, so you know, um. <laughs> he didn't fall and hit his head on the piano or anything. Yeah, yeah, no. it's, not, it's not if John anything, Benjamin. It sounds ably played. Yeah, exactly. Well, he didn't play it. What? So he wrote it, but <laughs> the music was all of the piano pieces on this album were played by a uh, English Korean pianist. Oh, okay. I there was nothing challenging in there that Billy Joel couldn't have played, though. Sure. I presume he played it when he wrote it. I hope so. Uh, this is also where Ryan had matter of trust on my side, which also I had winning over Roberta. So. Either way, Roberto was fucked. It's, it's, it's an interesting chord progression, like many of his songs, but I, lyrically, I was just out. Okay. Yeah, it sounds like um, I have one down here that's kind of like that, where it's basically just all of his opinions about a woman. And I thought to myself, no one is interested in this at all. No <laughs> one cares about what you think about this. <laughs> uh, all right. Um, what are we on? Number six? Number six. Uh, six. I've got scenes from an Italian restaurant. That's the one that was mentioned earlier on that list you found as the the best one in his discography. 
Um, yep, the vulture guy who had we didn't start the fire second to last has this one at the top. Yeah, I do like this. Um, so this song, the same problem. It's very long. So there are parts of it I actually really admire, but then there are a lot. Of, it's like three songs in one, right? Yeah, there's some bits in there that aren't that great. Uh, and it's going up against Leave a Tender Moment Alone from An Innocent Man, which is, again, not a good record. Um, uh, I like the uh, progressions in scenes from an Italian restaurant, especially in the first um, horn break that breaks out right, right after the first bit. Um, it sounds like someone who's aiming for an opus. Hold on. Now that I see that, that's a good name for it. <laughs> um, that's what I'm going to say to my kids when they misbehave instead of cruising for a bruising. <laughs> You're aiming for oh, an somebody's opus. aiming for an opus. <laughs> um, like he's really he's going for it. He's very it's it's important again. Whatever you were doing, oh, drop on. it. Can you consider another title for this episode, please? <laughs> okay, I'll try. And that is open for an anus. <laughs> That sounds pretty good. Uh, and there's also not an insignificant amount of uh, Paul McCartney in this song. And that's, a, again, that's a safe space for people to play in. It's when he starts to mix it around that it gets worse. Like, there are some songs that are, like, half McCartney and half Elton John, and that doesn't work so good. Um, anyway, if he cut the song in half, it would have been really good. Leave a Tender Moment Alone sounds like Isn't She Lovely meets Welcome Back, Cotter. <laughs> It's not a good There's thing. a song on my side of the bracket that is also uh he, he's heard some Stevie Wonder. Yeah. Oh, it's in the night next match. I shouldn't have said that. Yeah, it seems like uh, we these are being built in a parallel structure that maybe I mean it suggests a level of thought that would make sense if the bracket hadn't only had 62 songs in it the first time. <laughs> I'll uh, I'll play I'll play a clip from scenes cuz I, I do actually like the song. Straight into McCartney specialty, straight from a day in the life or whatever. <laughs> I woke up. Oh, no, that's a fun song. I rushed a comb across my head. And you're like, oh, it's the 20s again. All right, great. Anyway, scenes wins pretty easily. All right. Um, match six for me is Allentown. Okay. Versus Just the Way You Are. Uh, it's not like uh, a Bruno Mars song or something. Uh, no, that one's good. <laughs> um, Allentown is a real Bruce Springsteen plight of the working class song. I never would have guessed from the title. But there is something totally inauthentic about the sound. <laughs> and if you look at the way he's dressed in the video, it looks like a fucking Halloween costume. <laughs> so, good intentions. Sure. But it sounds like a sitcom theme song. Uh-oh. And he seems 
musically afraid to get dirty, like I said earlier. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of hardworking people out there. Uh huh. Yeah, and they, uh, you know, uh, Iron and Coke, Chromium Steel, um, <laughs> but, but it's like when the Faith of the Heart when when they added the folk guitar in it for no reason. Uh huh. Doesn't make it better. Uh, just the way you are. Sounds like if Stevie Wonder's worst song was reinterpreted by Jimmy Buffett's backing band. <laughs> also, there's a triangle in it, and no one will tell me why. <laughs> but it insists that, that you hear it. There is one in there. Yeah. So the winner is Allentown. I know I didn't wasn't very nice about it, but again, good intentions. Yeah, there are three or four matchups, at least on my side, where both of them made me pretty upset, and I had to pick one. Yeah, I heard the title Allentown, and I went, "Oh, what, I see." I mean, what would you guess the the first the the first line that rhymes with Allentown is? Because it starts with "We're living here in Allentown." Um, I don't know. I try. Oh, well, they're closing all the factories down. Factories down. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Match eight, seven, uh, seven, seven. Yeah, seven. I've got "Until the Night" off of Fifty Second Street against. Oh, that's a good song. Because the night That's right. belongs to love. I've always wondered why he retitled it. Because it doesn't... It, yeah, it was better as because. Yeah. Versus, I know you'll be shocked, New York State of Mind. <laughs> I don't know if you knew that he lived in New York. Um, uh, I've heard about it that it is a uh, concrete jungle where dreams are made of. Is this that song? <laughs> <laughs> uh, when I hear Until the Night, I hear the Righteous Brothers. And I hear only the Righteous Brothers. I don't hear any Billy Joel in there. So he should give them writing credit. Um, I don't mean it as a compliment either. I mean like a sort of a C-grade Righteous <laughs> Brothers song. Because there are a couple of good ones. Um, New York State of Mind has some very cheesy verses. I'm talking about the arrangement. But a lot of the piano work and some of the transitions between bits of this song are actually pretty good. If you don't mind jazz. Because I know that I tend to have a, a jazzier sensibility. Right, yes. Um, like in uh, well, we our, have discovered it in the last couple of years that you have a jazzier sensibility. Like on the Mountain Goats project, the ones that were a little bit jazzier tended to do pretty good. Same thing with there, more, some more parallelism then. Yeah. Um. Anyway, so it's New York State of Mind for me. Um, and I will even play a clip, but um, it wasn't uh, it wasn't as good as scenes from an Italian restaurant or anything. Talk about King of Casino. It's yeah. That's King of Casino's why you like jazz. <laughs> it could be why. Self-important stuff about New York bagels and stuff. 
Do they take a holiday from the neighborhood? <laughs> well, some people take a holiday and they go to like other places, places mm-hmm. people like. But for him, it's New York. <laughs> That's where he takes a holiday. Um, my match seven is Angry Young Man versus Honesty. Okay. Angry Young Man starts with like a two minute prelude. That's a lot like the Mountain Goats jazzy record about the Southwestern wrestling circuit beat the champ. Yeah, I like that one. And then the song itself starts, and it's like a clean, middle-class madness song. <laughs> okay. Um, definitely the best part is there's a weird synth break in the middle, and I'm not going to play a clip because I'm advancing it, and I'm sure I'll play a clip in a later round. Yeah, I have also been doing things where I will play my second or third favorite piece of a song. Right. Yeah. Um, honesty is a very slow piano number where nothing happens. So <laughs> there's some honesty was, for you. This one was not hard. Okay. I didn't, I just, it was completely entirely unremarkable to me. I didn't have, I didn't have anything bad to say about it. I didn't have anything good to say about it. Yeah. All right. Um, Hey, we're making, we're making good speed here. Cause I am on to match eight. Tell her about it. From an innocent man, I think every single song from an innocent man made it into this bracket, which may say something about Ryan. And worst comes There's to worst, definitely a few on my side. Yeah, and worst comes to worst from Piano Man. Um, God, tell her about it. Was like, <laughs> it was like walking on sunshine meets wake me up before you go go. Like they have a baby, and it's the brightest baby. Is so happy, <laughs> and I hate that baby. So it's but it's so it's not the part of Wake Me Up Before You Go Go where they go. Oh no, that's in there too. That that feels Billy Jolie to me. That's in there too for sure. Okay, they have that that bit is in there. Um, and previous to uh, to this matchup, I had gone over the stuff from Piano Man and I found two decent tracks, and neither Billy the Kid nor Worst Comes to Worst made that cut. <laughs> so, right. And one of those was Piano Man, which only technically made the cut. Um. But given the competition, I, I'm, it's actually a pretty easy pick for worst. Worst comes to worst. Um, the best part of it, like a lot of his songs, is the competent drumming. I don't know if you felt this way, but a lot of the time, my favorite parts were um, the drum fills and a lot of the other drumming done by uh, Liberty DeVito. There's good drum fills. I super enjoy. After this, Matt, you should watch the music video for Big Shot and watch how into it the drummer is when it gets to the very weird slow rhythm of the chorus uh-huh he's like it he is plays like a little off rhythm standing it's up it's it is it's uh, yeah it's got a little bit of a swing rhythm and um he's so serious about it i loved it he's the oats of this group oh for sure 100 <laughs> percent. i have not bothered to learn the names of any of the uh, members of the the band uh-huh. because, well, as you said, I think the drummer mostly does good work, but often in these songs, it looks like there's about six or seven guitar players and you can only hear one guitar. Mm-hmm. So I don't know what they're all doing. I think a lot of them are just, yeah. just getting a paycheck. It's, it's like if you've ever seen Bob Dylan play live, there's always like six guitarists on stage and it, you only ever hear one acoustic guitar and you go, what's happening? They all look <laughs> like they're playing. there for? I don't understand where the music's coming from. Which guy is playing and which are... It's like a game show where you have to pick who's faking. But actually, it's a they're fucking, all faking. It's a, it's a fucking firing squad. They all have to play because none of them know who's mic'd. <laughs> One of their mics is turned on, but everyone has plausible deniability. That's, well, it's also a good way to ensure people are doing their bit and not slacking off. 
Oh yeah, yeah like yeah. you never know who's going to be mic'd up. Well, you there. got you got to do that, or you're paying seven people for nothing. That's right. Um, I'll play a clip from Worst Comes to Worst. Yeah, let's have it. This song you did not like, please. They didn't like it that much. Oh, I've heard this. I thought I'd heard it too. Yeah. The drummer's doing it. When I am together, when I sing the song, and steel drum. <laughs> Was anyone able to tell you why? <laughs> no. Okay. Because I presume when you heard it, like me when I heard that triangle, you said out loud, why? <laughs> Except you know I love the steel drum. That is true. It's the reason why some bands are behind Jane's Addiction on the uh, 90s on. Power Hour list. What album is that one with the steel drum from? Piano Man. Piano Man. Ah, no, the one I was talking about is from The Stranger, so okay. I guess he uh, kept that going. <laughs> so, worst comes to worst advances. Tell her about it. It's such a piece of shit. I would never play a clip from it. Well, my match eight is Christy Lee versus She's Got Away. Mm-hmm. Uh, Christy Lee is probably the worst song I've ever heard. (laughs) It's so Uh, hard. There's been so many bad ones. Let me tell you a story he sings about a woman and a man. Oh, no. And I said out loud, oh, no, is this about Christy Brinkley? Oh, no. And of course it is. Uh, Musically, this would have been a somewhat boring song in 1957. Okay. And the lyrics are mostly, well, let's just have a little bit of it. Okay. So we're standing at the coach jack. Made his move on Christy Lee. Christy Lee, Christy Lee. Christy Lee, Christy Lee. She was a nice piece of music. She had a Yo, how can you play that after Little Richard died? Uh, It's extremely insulting to Little Richard, right? Wow. (laughs) Little Richard is fucking lucky that Billy Joel didn't make him play on this song with money. (laughs) Because I believe he weaponized money against Ray Charles. That's all I'm going to say about it. (laughs) Until next time. He's got something over him. Um, Um, Yeah, dude. Listen, she was a nice piece of music. Okay. Played a solo like a blind man. She really dug his saxophone. She wanted more than just an encore, and he could play in every key. So it's about him. <laughs> it's about him. It's about how good he used to fuck Christy Brinkley. And his wife. <sighs> She's got a way. Okay. On the other hand, is merely dull. Okay. There's an odd chord change at the end of every verse. Um, actually kind of like the Paul McCartney song, Waterfalls. Ooh, yeah. The one where you met a polar bear. Yeah, um, but it doesn't develop into anything. Most of the couplets uh, are less interesting than, say, My Girl. Okay. There's certainly nothing like I've got so much honey the bees envy me. 
Oh, so this um, is not even this is not in the same territory as the way you do the things you do then. That's closer. <laughs> <laughs> it's closer. But you're so smart you could have been a school book. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> and the way you heart. stole my heart. You know, you could have been a cool crook. Uh-huh. <sighs> That's closer. Um She's listen. I know that she's got a way about her. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know what it is. Oh, okay. Well, we can stop then. <laughs> we should have stopped there. Yeah. Um, that is the winner, though. That is what's advancing to the next round. Is she's got a way? Okay. Because uh, Christy Lee is. Well, first, first of all, it's a vanity project, but oh. it's not as interesting as Rebecca Black's Friday. <laughs> <laughs> well, for one thing, she's got some real things to worry about, like whether to sit in the front seat or the back seat. Which seat will I take? Yeah. Choose. I think choose. Take. I think choose. I don't know. Choose. And Saturday comes afterward. That's right. Uh, no, Sunday comes afterward. Yeah. Tomorrow. Yeah. That's right. Also, she's got to. She's got to go downstairs. Got to eat her cereal. Yep. Uh. That's the first eight matches. Okay. That actually took way less time than I thought we could have done all of them, but I don't have clips ready, so that's fine. We will pick this up again next month. Yeah. Um, in the in the meantime, I have linked to the bracket. Oh hell yeah! From the webpage. So, uh, if you want to play along, you can make a copy and make your own picks. Uh, if you want to look ahead and see uh, which songs Matt and I picked, mine are spelled out specifically. Matt's comments are just kind of in his. No, so. I've, I have now replaced the comments. Oh, okay. With, uh, for the ones. Well, but not picked. for the second half. Yeah. yeah. So you can peek ahead if you want to look at the bracket, or you could just wait. We'll be back at it. We've got uh, rounds and rounds to go. So, yep. And then that means next week. Yeah, we're back on the clock. Uh, next week now. is a Star Trek week. Mm-hmm. Week eighty-five. If you're playing along at home, I don't know why I say this, but this is for Ben, I guess, just yep. to make sure he watches the right ones. We're watching the Wounded. That's a good one. I mean, in my yeah. memory, I don't know. Well, we'll see. Um, Definitely, there definitely will be some singing in it. There's some singing, and there's some introspection about the nature of racism. There's not a lot of that. No. Well, but it's hinted at. Uh, we're watching Sons of Moog. Okay. Get some T-Todd. Get some T-Todd up in there. The Killing Game. You're not going to like that. I'm just warning you. All right. I already <laughs> don't. And uh, Daedalus. Who knows? Presumably, Archer's going to fly too close to the sun. Uh, presumably, his ship is going to get down by storms, and then um, he's going to become a spirit that will later maybe inhabit Chief O'Brien, maybe not. Wasn't that the USS Daedalus? Or was it just Daedalus Might class? Been. Nah, I forget. All right. Uh, yeah, so that's next week, and then after that, we'll do a Star War, right? <laughs> yeah, Phantom Menace. Yeah, not. Re- I'm really, genuinely not looking forward to writing. My notes are going to be a hundred pages long. I'm fucking bummed because there's nothing good about it. There's only every scene a hundred <laughs> things to pick out where you go, what? <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. The fastest way to the Naboo City is through the Planet Core. Obviously, that's the fastest hey, way to get anywhere. <laughs> why'd they land on the other side of the planet with this army? <laughs> also, dude, are you an angel? Just a question. <laughs> that's a good. Just, hey, that's a good question. Yeah. The weird guys at space stations that I've never been to talk about it. So <laughs> let's find out. 
All right, everybody, send us mail. That mailbag was sort of embarrassingly short. Give us more. Um, that's uh, at Brother Date on the Twitter machine. Yeah, if you don't send us mail, we'll just have to invent more of these dumb fucking projects to do. Yeah. Matt's got a 128-song K-pop bracket. We could do that. <laughs> we could. We could inflict that on you. I was nice and said we shouldn't. But if there's no mail, it's going to be all fucking CLC. I've got several rounds of picks already, it's so gonna be we could do it. The Cosmic Girls, they're going to be out in there. You're gonna have I don't to. Think they gotta win. You're gonna have to meet girls in the park. That happens. There, you have to meet them. <laughs> so be be good and send us mail again at brother date on the Twitter machine. You can send an email like Barry did. That's brothers at brotherdate.com. You can send us an audio clip. You can um, uh, you can go to the website like Judah said. Now that's updated with this latest project. Uh, that's brotherdate.com. Uh, check us out on iTunes podcatchers that catch iTunes pods, uh, and that is it, I believe. Everybody, right? Good? Be good? Get out of here. Bye-bye. Bye. Mm. Calls soda juice. Whoa. And, hang on, and groceries, messages. No, he doesn't. Both very common <laughs> in Scotland. Messages?